It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Signal Boost. It is 7.05 on the East Coast on February 11th. I think it's a Thursday. I don't know. They're all blending together. Uh, this is Jess McIntosh. Zerlina Maxwell is out today, but I am joined by Jorge Olivares, who is always here, even if you can't hear him. How are you doing this morning, Jorge? <laughs> I'm well. Thank you so much for, for welcoming me. And I feel like today has been such a weird day. This week has just been such a weird week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am having to remember the fact that January 6th is my partner's birthday. And right. so, like, oh, remembering so everything that happened that day, we were like, oh, my God, it's your birthday. How? Oh, there's some shit going down <laughs> at the Capitol. Oh, yeah. and then, like, spending oh. half of his birthday living through this insurrection on TV. Yep. So to see all the videos that were coming out during the impeachment trial was really jarring because I I remember it trying to be a joyous day for him. Right. Juxtaposed with the idea of like, oh, no, 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 no. This was a really horrifying day, not just for the people that experienced it there live on the ground, but for those of us at home, we're like, oh, shit, it was far worse than we could have ever imagined. Well, yeah, I, I mean, on January 6th, I was watching it from home, and the only thing that I could think to compare it to was 9-11. Um, that's what it felt like. Like It felt like, like that magnitude. And during 9-11, I was in downtown Manhattan, uh, so my 9-11 story didn't involve a television. Like, everybody else's does. You know, mm -hmm. everybody eventually shares their 9-11 story with each other because it's just something Americans do now. Um, mine always felt weird because everyone else is like, I woke up and I turned on the TV or my friend called me and then I turned on the TV. And I had this thought on January 6th that's like, I'm watching this on TV, but there are a lot of people who were like me on 9-11 and, and they're just living this. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I was very aware that I was watching it at home on television while it was, it was happening in real time to people that, that, were, that were at the Capitol. And my God, that prosecution yesterday. Like, I, I, I don't know that they could have done a better... I, I have no notes. <laughs> it was yeah. an absolute airtight prosecution. There was no way to watch Jonah Goose and Stacey Pascal. I mean, my God, where did Stacey Pascal come from? The, the delegate from the Virgin Islands uh, probably offered the most... If you had to watch one impeachment manager yesterday, I would tell you that's a bad idea. You should watch more. But if you had to pick one... I would pick her. Um, the way that she methodically laid out the video that we've all seen, you know, all the stuff from the mm -hmm. outside, the social media, with the security footage from inside, which was the, the, the footage that we hadn't seen yet. Um, plus that, <laughs> that, that little model that they built actually for 9-11 to, to help the 9-11 Commission explain what was happening at various times. So when you saw that little red dot moving around the Capitol and the green dots mm -hmm. representing the senators... That was why they developed that, was was to explain 9-11. So they were using that again yesterday. And um, I, it, by the time she was done, uh, and, and Eric Swalwell after her, who, who basically explained what Capitol Police did during that moment, uh, I, I think the two of them together probably took an hour and a half. But I, it, 
I felt like I had just watched a horror movie when it was over. Like every hair was on end. I wasn't sure if I was going to throw up. I like I, I, I had been through a physical experience. Um, it was so harrowing. It helped that they, they kind of shaped the narrative around the videos that we've already seen. So the yes. fact that they did replay a lot of things that we had already seen intermixed with the, the security footage. And even though the security footage had no audio to it, a, a vast majority of it didn't. That was like, almost scarier. It was still very scary because of the, of the silence in which you understand, like, anything could really happen at this point. And we know, thankfully, things didn't get worse than they could have been. But we I didn't know how things- close they were, though. I mean, As- we knew that we knew that we avoided a massacre. We did not know that Mike Pence and Mitt Romney invo- avoided being massacred by seconds. The the idea that Officer Goodman, the <laughs> the officer that we we know from that particular video from Igor Bobik, where he was run up against the the mob, diverted them away from the Senate chambers. We knew that he was honored for that fact afterward by helping be a part of this, the service detail to Kamala Harris on Inauguration Day. Now come to find out, oh, shit, he also saved Mitt Romney's life because <laughs> yes. there's video of him. And it lasts all of five seconds, the actual video of it happening. But you see Officer Goodman kind of running in one direction after Mitt Romney's headed in his way and then kind of says something to Romney to have him scurry away kind of to safety. And... I think the the part, I mean, I'm sure Romney, more so than any of the other Republicans, are, are, face, are leaning more towards actually impeaching and convicting Trump than others. But yeah. like he said afterward that he had never seen that video, that he didn't even know it was Officer Goodman who was saving him, um, oh. so that he was going to have some sort of chat with him afterward about it. But I think based off of those videos, even as somebody who wasn't there, somebody who didn't go through that, I would just think, like, you must be a fucking idiot if you really do not feel compelled to side with this argument, to side it's, with this prosecution, because it's it not is... idiocy. Mm-hmm. You're if you're not if, if you watch this prosecution and you think you're going to vote to acquit, it, it's because you liked what happened. That's it. Yeah. Like like this. Like, I, I saw so many people saying yesterday, how could anybody see this and then vote to acquit? And it's like the jury is made up of several co-conspirators. A lot of these people are are pro seditionists. They they like these guys. They they want the, to happen again. That's that's the piece of of the sentence that we never com- we never complete. Like the the reason why they they want to say it's okay for a president to try to violently seize power on the way out of office as long as he does it in the final days. There's nothing we can do about it. The only logical conclusion of that argument is we want to try it again. Mm-hmm. So I think while we're all while we're all sort of banging our heads against the wall going, my God, this is so compelling. How could anybody vote to acquit after watching this? You just have to remember that they're not on our side. No. They're on the side of the guys taking over the Capitol. They're going well, to vote to acquit because they don't want to convict Trump. <laughs> well, there was that video that I believe Swalwell played um, where he says, you know, the footage that you're about to see was recorded by a reporter who was there on the scene. Um, it'll show you that the insurrectionists have entered the Senate chamber just minutes after we have been evacuated or you have been evacuated since he's addressing the Senate. Right. And he says, just look at this video where they're going through not only your desks, taking pictures of, you know, certain documents, you know, probably special clearance documents. And so he plays this footage. And so you see them rummaging through the desk, literally the desk that the senators are Mm -hmm. currently sitting at during the course of the trial. And then you see this one part where, 
you know, somebody's going through the picture, uh, going through the, the documents. And he says, Oh my God, it's Ted Cruz's. And for a, a second, Reading one of the, the writers yeah. is confused about kind of what Ted Cruz is about to do because of documents and language that are included. Yeah, in the he's document. going to object to the certification of Arizona. And I guess they forgot which states they were objecting to. Yeah. And so it was at that, at that moment where somebody else is heard on camera very clearly saying, oh, no, no, don't worry. He's with us. He's with us. He sides with us. We got it. And like, I had never seen that before. And I don't even know if Ted Cruz had ever seen that before. So to be in the room with his, with his 99 other colleagues and them seeing firsthand, like, oh shit, people literally felt compelled to, to say loudly that you were on their side and that everything that you're seeing happening is because you are complicit in it. Like, I, I don't know. And then to, to add that to the smugness of Josh Hawley reportedly, like, putting his feet over the, the railing there and, yeah. and just reading documents and not paying any attention to whatever new was being presented. It's like, ugh. This is I'm so going to guess that that stopped when Pascal and Swalwell started their piece of it. Like we started, we started the day by sort of laying out a little bit of the constitutional argument, laying out a little bit of like, you know, scene setting. And I think at that point he was feeling cocky and then they got into the video footage <laughs> and I can't, I can't imagine. I, I mean, what Ted Cruz, I, I don't know if Ted Cruz is capable of feelings like you and I are capable of feelings, but the feelings that he would have felt had he been capable of it during that moment, the people who were trying to, I mean, they were trying to murder them. The two pieces of the case that I think got solidified for the American public yesterday were, this was intent to murder. Like that, that phrase kept being used during impeachment. And I'm glad it was because it, I don't, it, dro- it drove it home for me. These people broke into the Capitol with the intent to murder. Um, they were being very open about that, who they were looking for, what they intended to do, what tools they had brought for when they found them, um, what they went off to say afterwards on social media about being unable to find them. Um, there was, they intended to kill lawmakers. Um, I think that's not something that's up for debate any longer after, uh, after yesterday. The second thing that I think we, 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 we really locked down was, was Trump's involvement in this. You know, this, this was not a rally that came with a march that turned weird at the end. This, this was very much, uh, you know, it was, it was premeditated. I was so grateful that, that Joe Neguse did the, the timeline that he did with explaining Stop the Steal. Um, I was not actually aware of how much violence was happening to Stop the Counts. You remember how Stop the Count came before Stop the Steal? Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that there was that much happening around counting locations uh, around the country. Um, I knew that they were doing what they, and there was some stuff that I complete. I had completely forgotten that Trump supporters tried to run a Biden bus off the road in Texas. Oh, and then like, there was the video. I, Thankfully, <laughs> afterward, people were circulating the video of Marco Rubio in the immediate aftermath of that, saying that it wasn't a big deal, kind of downplaying yeah, it all. We do that in Florida like, all the time. That man like, is you in do? that room right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think they did an incredible job of setting it up that. Trump was saying stop the steal over and over and over again. He had baked that in. They were coming to D.C. on January 6th 
to stop the certification of the vote by any means necessary. They were prepared to fight like that. That's really very it, that's very neat. <laughs> like that's that's in a little bow right there. They were not coming to D.C. on January 6th to cheer for Donald Trump. It, it was to stop the steal. That was the, the, the language that they were using. Um, the rally was held at exactly the same time as the electoral certification was going on for a reason. Uh, they wanted to stop it. Originally, they had uh, planned to speak, uh, or, or tr- they, they had planned to have Trump speak afterwards, but he wanted to do it before. Uh, he had to petition to have a march allowed. They didn't want to let him march until uh, after the certification was done that got changed. We found out, I mean, the most damning thing, I think, is just the complete inaction. Even if, even if you don't believe that he incited the riot, which if you didn't, you, you didn't watch yesterday, um, mm-hmm. he didn't do anything. I mean, try to imagine a, a commander in chief, the Capitol is being overrun and he, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't call the National Guard. He doesn't he, forget about the ability to call off the mob itself. He doesn't do anything to help the government. I mean, it's it, it, it's almost like he powered down. <laughs> like, yeah, I think the, the weird thing for me was was seeing the timestamps of all the videos, because it yeah. said, you know, the, the Capitol started was breached around the 215 mark. And then around that time, that's when you started seeing, all right, the senators are being ushered around to another place. And I, I never would have thought of it, but I think Swalwell said in the course of his argument, he said, you know, we're not going to say where exactly we went, where exactly we were taken, yeah, how we got there for safety reasons. And I was like, oh, shit, I would never have thought about the fact that they have to be cognizant of it because anybody could be watching C-SPAN right now or yeah. wherever they're watching this take notes and then go from there because even even before this argument was being made people had already somehow gotten documentation to see the the layout of the capital and found out where all these different offices are which in and of itself is scary so yeah. to see that a lot of the, t- the videos started around the 215 230 mark and then towards the end swallow said you know if you look at this one it's around the 430 mark and then a little bit it afterward you think for two hours if not longer and we know that it was longer Nothing was done on uh, the police front. Nothing was mm-hmm. done. And I think that the thing that made it even more compelling was the fact that they did intersperse a lot of the, the videos, the security footage, and just footage of the, of the lawmakers leaving with the, the distress calls that were being issued out by some yes. of the officers. By the officers themselves. The, the line had been broken. And just the exasperation in the voice of the officers that were being, that were, those voices were being shared. It just was so insane so chilling but to know also that i think it was uh, i don't remember seeing this during the trial but i remember reading a reporter who who detailed this afterward that the threat was so high against nancy pelosi more so Mm -hmm. than mike pence yes i was struck by that too was kept on the grounds he was he was you know evacuated and isolated but nancy pelosi's threat was so high that they had to remove her completely from the building because yeah. they didn't know whether or not they could, you know, keep the threat at bay. And right. I, I, if, you know, if I'm somebody like uh, a Ted Cruz or um, a Senator Kennedy, somebody who seems to be totally fine with Trump's involvement, like to hear my colleagues read out someone's testimony saying that we were going to go to the Capitol to shoot uh, Nancy in the friggin' brain. Like, how does that not... That, that shows you that this is not hyperbolic anymore. 
that the language no. that was used by the people who were on the ground is not hyperbolic, was not trying to just be fun and cutesy. They literally, like, even to say that the guy who was found in Nancy Pelosi's office, the one who put his feet on her desk, yes. he had a stun gun yeah. on his person that could, you know, Nancy Pelosi's 80 years old. The damage that is stunned And like 80 pounds. Be, yeah. She's a very, very small woman. I mean, the, the, the staffers who hid in the inner sanctum of her office, who barricaded themselves in, in after two doors, they, they didn't think that that was being hyperbolic. I, I think everybody knows what was, what was, they were going to rip her apart. Like, I, there was so much hatred. And I think a a lot of women sort of correctly identified that horrible sing-song voice of the one guy calling for Nancy as he stalks the, the, the Capitol building. It was, it sounded like something out of a horror movie, but, uh, one of my feminist writer friends said this is it is something out of a horror movie but this is it is a specific to women piece of the horror movie like there is that 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 awful hideous sort of sing song i'm i'm looking for you i'm coming for you like everybody knows what that means like that's that's a prey like that's a a hunter really enjoying what he is doing um there's a specifically gendered menace to it um, and I think, you know, I think we, I think we know what would have happened if, if, you know, any number of things had gone differently. I mean, we, those Capitol Police were completely overrun. They had absolutely no chance of holding them. If, if lines had broken seconds later, if Eugene Goodman had been sick that day, yeah. I, we, you know, we, we would be, we would be talking about dead lawmakers and really, um, really grisly scenes. They had to, the members had to walk by insurrectionists who had been detained by police and were being held at gunpoint on the floor while they had their hands in the air holding their zip ties. Members had to file past them to get to the hallway. Once they were in the hallway, they were only 58 steps from the mob at the other side of the hallway. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think those little details were very helpful. I mean, for listeners, very helpful, especially I've never been to the Capitol. I don't know how big the Capitol is. It's a maze. It's a maze. The idea of running around the Capitol. I mean, when you have to get to a meeting in the Capitol, it's terrifying, right? It's like Alice in Wonderland. Like you turn down a hallway that you've turned down a zillion times before. (laughs) And then there are 12 new doors. And you're like, wait, what the hell? Like there and it's built that way on purpose. You know, there's a lot of secret places in it. There's a lot of tunnels you don't know about. There's a lot like it's a delightful building. Like it's really fun to walk around. Um, but the idea of having to run through the Capitol for my is, is one of them. It, it's like it's like being in a fun house mm-hmm. it, w- without someone to guide you. You're you're screwed that there's there's no way that you're going to and, and honestly that's one of the re- one of the things that saved us actually is the weird ass architecture of the capitol because the insurrectionists weren't able to find the lawmakers in time because the capitol is designed the way that it is that also makes it very difficult for lawmakers to figure out where they're going and why those those capitol police escorts that AOC did not have um become so important it's mm-hmm. it, it was a particularly weird like i was pretty emotional about halfway through yesterday and i just kept like every time I thought, like I used to work there, I would just start crying. Like it's just such a, it was su- it was such a place that you're proud to work. Like you cannot escape like the majesty of the capital. Like it, like it's one of those it never gets old situations. 
And the people who work there, just but they want to do good. They just believe in government. They're just, they're young and they're nerds and they have their best Ann Taylor skirt suit on and like the sensible heels and like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're really proud of their jobs and you know their parents are probably proud of them. And it's like, those are the people who are in there to watch them scurry into the room and block the door while some ogre of a man tries to beat it down, trying to murder their boss. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't know what they're going to do today. <laughs> I, I can, because I, I think AOC was uh, an intern, right? Or an assistant on the Hill before. I think she was. August. Yeah. And like, so I think about the fact that AOC is younger than me. So she's, yes. I think she just turned 30. And yeah. to imagine, you know, what her life, she's already been in Congress for two years. So then push that back 28. She was a Capitol Hill intern or assistant even before that. So I just am imagining a bunch of 25-year-olds running for their That's life. That's what they look like, yeah. And I, I, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, somebody around that age was the one who saved the ballots. And was like, you we know don't, what? Yeah, I want to know more about who saved the ballots. I understand maybe wanting to keep their identity secret because these, the MAGA jerks will come after them. But like, yeah. how do we buy them beer? <laughs> because they, they saved it. They saved yes, it. they, they did. <laughs> save it all. And they we're absolutely just like, did. Uh, what's going on? Um, I mean, I, I, think- I love that it was a staffer that was like, whoa, wait, we're going to need that box. <laughs> like, and I, and I like, want to know, it- know who it was. I just want to be able to thank them. This is, but- is going to be like such a weird comparison. But so about four years ago, four or five years ago, I was at church of all places. Mm-hmm. And there was an incident where we thought somebody yelled the word gun. Oh, no. And... It like everybody heard it because everybody reacted immediately, but me. And I don't know why, and I'll probably have to find a way to explain this to myself at some point, but people started running, and this is a huge church in New York City. Wow. And so people, some people immediately start running for the door, some people immediately ducked down. I just froze. Oh no. And I then remember my friend who was standing next to me kind of grab me by the arm, bring me down. And so we're just there kind of on our bellies on the floor of this church while there's complete chaos happening around us. And I remember getting my phone and I'm about to dial 911. And for some reason, I can't press the call button because, and I bring all this up because that's the only thing that I have to be even close to this idea of a traumatic situation happening around me in the moment. Mm -hmm. And you really do not know what you're going to do. No, you really do not know how your body's going to react because you have got a gazillion thoughts running through your brain about like, should I be calling my mom instead of the cops? Should I be running for the door? Am I safer where I am? Who am I around? Like if I die here, Am I like so many things, right? So the idea that in this moment, when you hear banging on the house door, when you hear screaming, there was a video that was taken by a lawmaker that showed the gunshot that you could hear the gunshot in the background of the young woman who was eventually killed. Like when you have all of that commotion around you to be able to have your faculties with you and decide like, Oh, I need to take that with me right now instead yes. of whatever else needs to happen to protect my person. That's good staff work. <laughs> a phenomenal thing to be able it to truly, do. It truly is. 
It truly so, is. No, you you don't big know. hugs to them at all. I don't even know. I mean, big hugs to the kids who taught the lawmakers how to barricade the doors because they had gone through so many active shooter drills. Those it turns mm-hmm. out the furniture that they had placed up against the doors of the rooms they were hiding was the only thing that saved them in many cases. It turns out. Like, you you hear that and you want to believe it was an unnecessary precaution. You want to believe that this is just, you know, these are damaged kids who have to go through this horrible thing at school all the time. And so they get in here and they get they fear the worst right away and they start putting the furniture up against the door. But no, actually, if that furniture hadn't been on the door, they'd be dead. Like, yeah. now we can now we can see that. So there were, I mean, there were a lot of heroes on, on January 6th. Um, I, I, but I, just the magnitude of Officer Eugene Goodman's heroism, I think we also, we did not know. Like, he ran at that mob, stopping mm-hmm. to save Mitt Romney's life, <laughs> and then continued uh, running at the mob. Like, the, I mean, the scariest footage was watching that, that, that first time they, they cut to the security footage, and you got to watch them break in at the bottom. I, I sat there being like, whoa, wait, wait, hang on. The stairs are right there. Holy crap, this is the mob that Eugene Goodman mm-hmm. is going to run into. And sure enough, it it was and like they're you know these these aren't rally goers they're in tactical gear they're they got shields they have weapons they're you know they're they're ready they're ready for the fight that donald trump has been telling them they were going to fight for uh for months now you know he's he set it up he he laid the groundwork he told them where to go and when to do it and uh and using their own words to say, we're following Trump, you know, we're here for him, like telling the cops to stand aside because they're here at the behest of their boss. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it gets any more damning than that. But we certainly, we teed it up for you yesterday that it might be a disturbing day. And, um, and it was. <laughs> so we have to get ready for, uh, for another one, although I'm... I mean, they've already covered it from all angles, so I'm genuinely... In, like, we, we we have the Donald Trump angle, we have the members angle, we have the officers angle at this point. I'm genuinely curious to see to see where they go next. Um, I, I wonder if to, they're going to do, like, at the 21st hour, you know, here you have this footage, yeah. never-been-seen footage that we just got from the Capitol, you know, and I, I'm hoping that... Well, See, I'm conflicted because I'm hoping that it's it's compelling enough evidence to be able to make it an even stronger case. It's already, you know, pretty yeah. tight. But that means that whatever happens in that video must be so terrifying and so terrible that they've had to keep it under wraps. I like I'm constantly reminded of AOC in that first Instagram live video where she said yeah. it is far worse than you all can ever believe or imagine. We and still don't I'm know if where that the panic button is what we already saw or is there I is I mean what I I want to know more and I don't know if this is this if this is going to be coming out in the impeachment trial or whether this comes out in the House and Senate ethics investigations against the members who were involved but I, I want to know about the premeditation like I, I need to know who took Ayanna Presley's panic buttons I need mm-hmm. to know more about that um, I need to know what the hell was up with the Capitol police officer screaming in AOC's uh, office I, I need to know that um, so there's, you know, there there is still there is still a lot more. Um, I just I, I think I might need a break before I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you, Jorge Olivares, for hanging out with me. It's been just delightful unpacking all of this atrocity with you. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.